Hi, welcome to the V-Gains Fitness and Nutrition Podcast, Episode 6. I'm V-Gains, and I'm here with the awesome protein-deficient vegan. You want to say hi? Hi! Hi. So last week, we talked about how to track your calories. This week, we're going to talk about how to burn or use your calories. So let's talk about how your body actually uses calories. Uh, first off, the majority of the calorie burn is going to be from something called your base metabolic rate or basal metabolic rate. You may have heard both. This is mostly determined by your biological sex, your age, your weight, your height, and your body fat percentage. This makes up the majority of the calories you burn throughout the day naturally, no matter what you do. Then next, for the actual total calories you burn throughout the day, you take that basal metabolic rate and you add on top of it your activity level, which is technically comprised of exercise activity and non-exercise activity at a high level. So exercise activities, obviously exercise, non-exercise activity is anything you kind of don't do intentionally. One of the common examples is if you sit around and bounce your leg up and down, that's, that's one example. And that can actually burn quite a bit of calories throughout the day. And then the last factor of your total daily energy expenditure is just the thermic effect of food. You don't need to think about it too much, but basically when you eat food, your body digests it and that uses some calories. If you want to calculate your TDEE, you can find many calculators online. So the one I like is tdeecalculator.net, but you can use pretty much any of them. So the things you'll need for the calculator are the things we talked about before for the base metabolic rate. And on top of that, you will also need to put in your activity level. Yeah. Be honest here. Yeah. <laughs> really do some soul searching. Right. So there are a couple of options for the activity level. Typically, depending on the calculator, you'll see maybe a couple, maybe a whole lot. But generally, you're going to see sedentary which is an office job. This doesn't necessarily mean you literally sit in your house and don't do anything. In fact, that could be even a lower activity level that some calculators do account for. But sedentary is typically seen as you don't do any intentional exercise. Maybe you walk around a little during the day. Maybe you go into the office for work. So you're up and moving around throughout the day, but you're not really doing anything intentional. So that is considered a sedentary for the activity levels on the calculator. Next up is light exercise. So if you do exercise one to two days a week, or even if you do some light walking three to four days a week, you would probably fall into this light exercise category. After light exercise, as a moderate exercise category on the, the calculator I referenced specifically. This is exercise three to five days a week, or maybe you do physical work, or you play sports a couple of days a week, or maybe you work in construction, something along those lines. Even if you don't do actual exercise, you know, that work is a little harder, so you're getting in kind of the same activity. Okay, I have a question. Uh-huh. So I have an office job. But I do work out three to five days a week. Which one do I pick? If you have an office job and you work out three to five days a week, you're probably still going to be in the moderate exercise range. Okay. Yeah. So I'd say if you do exercise, I would just default to picking the activity level that aligns to the amount of exercise you do. Fair. The next one is heavy exercise. So this is going to be basically if you exercise almost every day or if you play a sport several times a week or if you work in some kind of really hard labor job. A real sport, not like bowling, right? Well, I guess it Does depends bowling on how, count? how energetic are you when you're how bowling. How aggressive do you bowl? I've seen the movies about bowlers and they dance a lot. So maybe that That's would true. count. That might count. Yeah. If you have a what really, about ping pong? Really hardcore celebration <laughs> dance. Ping pong seems like it would be really hard, actually. <laughs> Lawn darts? <laughs> okay, no. Yeah. I think anything where you're drinking a beer as doesn't part of the count. competition probably doesn't fit into no. that. <laughs> no cornhole. Yeah, no cornhole. <laughs> and then the, the top 
um, the top activity level on most of the calculators is going to be like an actual athlete. So this is typically if you're doing like two exercises a day, basically you're going to know if you fit into this category, right? Uh, one thing to keep in mind is it doesn't matter too much if you pick the wrong category off the bat because the calculators are going to be kind of a starting ballpark figure anyway. You're going to have to adapt it to your body. You know, these numbers for the calculators come from big studies with a bunch of people. They don't always align to every individual that's going to use it. So next we're going to talk about what do you actually do with this information. Now you kind of understand how it works. You can understand how to use the calculator, but how do you actually go and use this to your advantage? So one thing to understand is that the, the total daily energy expenditure or the TDEE we were talking about, what that actually means is if you were to eat the same amount of calories as your TDEE, that will put you at what we call uh, maintenance calories, which means you won't gain or lose weight. You'll stay at the same weight if you eat that level of calories. If you eat a little less than those calories, that's what we call a deficit, and you'll lose weight. If you eat more, you're in a caloric surplus, and you'll gain weight. So, I mean, controlling your weight at a high level is really just as simple as finding out what your actual maintenance is and eating more or less calories than that. It's math, and math is fun. I agree. So what you can do here is you want to decide if your goal is weight loss, weight gain, or maintaining weight. And, you know, as you kind of go through your life and your fitness journey, whatever that may be, you'll probably have all these goals at different points in time. So just focus on which one is the highest priority for you right now. If you want to gain weight, we recommend starting with 500 calories over your TDEE. That'll be a very slight surplus. Per day. Per day. If you want to lose weight, same on the other side, 500 calories less than your TDEE. And then if you want to maintain weight, obviously you can eat exactly your TDEE. So total to lose or gain a pound is going to be about 3,500 calories. Which is like a bag of a chips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How many is that? That's I think it's close. like a bag of chips probably. Yeah. The good ones. <laughs> the good chips. <laughs> Not the healthy chips. The good shit, guys. <laughs> yeah, so you can gain a pound if you eat a bag of chips if you're really struggling to gain weight. Yeah. <laughs> that is our advice for you. <laughs> no, don't do that. D definitely don't do that. So lucky for us, 500 divides into 3,500 seven times. So you can just use the 500 calorie less or more a day. Because there are seven days in a week. Yeah, there are seven days in a week. <laughs> I can also do math. That's wild. I didn't know that about you. <laughs> He's been hiding this from me. Yeah, so we want to always try to maintain as much muscle as possible. So we don't want to really want to lose or gain more than about a pound a week. That enables us to you know, maintain muscle if we're losing weight and not gain any extra fat if we're trying to gain weight. We shouldn't also ever really go below 1,500 calories a day total. Sometimes the calculator will kind of guide you to maybe a deficit that has you eating less than 1,500 calories a day. But I think in those situations, you would really want to try to maybe just increase your exercise. The problem is if you go too far below 1,500 calories a day, you can start running into nutrient deficiencies and really low energy and hard recoveries and a lot of other issues like that. Like hanger. Also, hanger is a very real problem. It is. So I know one pound up or down a, a week doesn't sound like a lot, but I mean, really slow and steady is the way you want to do this. You know, you've got your, your whole life to hit your fitness goals and live a long, happy life. So there's no reason to rush it by a couple extra months and risk doing it, you know, in a way that makes you gain extra fat or lose a bunch of muscle or just generally feel like crap. Or yo-yo. Yeah, yo-yoing is actually really bad for your, your health and your heart and your skin and everything else. So. Yeah, like, you know, for instance, not like anyone I've known, <clears throat> me, has ever done this. But, like, 
you're like, I'm going to do P90X and I'm going to go so hard and I'm going to eat like 1400 calories a day and do P90X every day. And then eventually you get to day, I don't know, like, huh, let's say 63. That's your breaking point. And then you just eat Cheetos, you know? Yeah. And you probably didn't recover that entire 63 days. I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. So don't do that. Right. So it's way more sustainable to just do a small calorie adjustment like this. You end up with a better end result because you're more muscle and you feel better. You end up with less loose skin if you're trying to lose weight. Losing weight slowly is one of the few ways to kind of help reduce loose skin in the end result. And then it's also better for your heart. Gaining or losing a lot of weight really quickly can be a a big strain on the heart. And you know what they say, you've got to listen to your heart when it's calling for you. (laughs) (laughs) There's nothing else you can do. Do they say that? It's a song. (laughs) Okay. So now we know kind of what the body does with the calories. We, we know how to pick the amount of calories you want to try to eat. So how do you actually track this and put this into action? So first things first, you will see calories burned on fitness trackers and exercise equipment and some stuff like that. And that tends to be kind of one of the first things you want to think about when you start thinking about calories. Because you're like, oh, I got on the elliptical today and it says I burned 600 calories. <laughs> so those are usually pretty wildly inaccurate, even on the like the high tech fitness watches and stuff you wear. They're just they're not very good. So you can use those as like trending your effort. So if it says you burned 500 calories one day doing a 30 minute run and then the next day you did another 30 minute run, you only burned 200 calories. You can kind of know maybe you didn't run as hard, but I definitely wouldn't use any of those calorie outputs for anything related to deciding how much you're going to eat it's just not accurate enough for that oh also if you happen to have your fitness tracker hooked up to my fitness pal and maybe some of the other food trackers i'm not sure there is a setting where it's going to try to give you back the calories that you quote unquote burned for exercise you definitely want to turn this feature off because it will mess you all up yeah you might end up gaining weight (laughs) Yeah. Another calorie tracking app that might be good and is especially good for a beginner just getting into the idea of calories and all this TDEE stuff is called Macro Factor. Basically what it's going to do, so we told you that the TDEE calculators are just kind of a ballpark and needs to be adjusted for your body. Well, Macro Factor kind of does that automatically. They have an automatic diet coach. So basically what happens here is you weigh yourself, you know, a couple times a week as you go through your process. You put in your calories every day and then it basically automatically calculates for your body and your exact real results what you need your surplus or deficit to be to continue to gain or lose weight. So this is actually one of the most accurate ways to do it. It is kind of a little tedious because you have to weigh in consistently and you have to put in your calories every day or the calculation has a little bit of a hard time. But those are things you should really be doing anyway, especially in the beginning. So I think it is really good for understanding what your true TDEE is. And then, you know, you can go from there. Is that one free? No, it is not free. Sad. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think it's very expensive, but it's definitely not free. So also another tip on this. With the, the macro factor thing, it makes it automatic. But even if you're not using macro factor, you do want to be weighing in pretty often. So we recommend, you know, weigh in at least probably two to three times a week. I like to weigh in every day. Another important thing is to do it at a consistent time. The most consistent 
time you can probably do it is in the morning, first thing after you go to the bathroom. That way you weigh about the same as far as water fluctuations and things like that from day to day. And do it before you take a shower because if you're a girl, it will add weight because you'll hold water in your hair and you want that extra 0.5 pounds. I never thought of that. That's yeah. an interesting point. <laughs> really important. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so weigh yourself uh, every day. Make sure and you can take like the average throughout the week instead of just looking at each day individually. Take the average of your weight throughout the week and then watch that over a couple of weeks. And if you were targeting to gain a pound a week, you can look over a two-week average and see, was I averaging a pound a week? Do I need to increase calories? Do I need to decrease calories? And then you can just kind of keep doing that on a continuous basis. And then also remember, as you gain or lose weight, your caloric needs and your TDEE will actually change. So if you go and lose 50 pounds, your TDEE is going to be lower than it was you know, when you first started. So you're going to have to adjust your calories anyway. So I think what you're saying is the lesson here is use TDEEE <laughs> as your starting guesstimation. Right. And then you're going to modify that based on what you're actually tracking for your weight each week. Right. Yeah. Well, you see a lot of people go and use the calculator yeah. and they'll say, this is my deficit. And then they'll try it for like six weeks. Yeah, and don't say, do that. I'm not losing weight. This is my deficit. Well, what's actually happening there is you're not really in a deficit. The calculator was maybe just more off for you and you never really went back and adjusted that for yourself. Yeah. So check and verify it. Yep. So that's really all you need to do to put some of this stuff into action. And then next week we'll talk more about like macronutrients and maybe some other nutrition type things. Yeah. Okay. So now we want to jump into the recipe roundup, which is always pretty exciting because we get to remember all the delicious food we ate uh, while we were trying to make these recipes. All the good times. Yeah. All right. You want to talk about the first one here? We made loaded sweet potato fries. They were really good, I thought. Yeah, I thought so too. It had as a tofu cheese sauce. Yeah. Which is actually quite delicious. Yeah. And we even ate it on tortilla chips. And that was pretty exciting. Yeah, I've had loaded fries a lot. I think this might have been the first time I had loaded sweet potato fries. And it was actually really good. Yeah, it adds like a little extra sweetness because, you know, I guess they're sweet potatoes. That does make sense. Yeah. Next, we made a peanut butter chocolate protein cheesecake. Oh, oh my God. This was so good. Yeah. I don't... I think we should just make these every week, actually. I think we should make them multiple times a week. <laughs> I think, actually, this is all I'm going to eat for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 41% protein, so you probably could eat it the rest of your life and hit your yeah. protein goals just off this cheesecake. If you're going to make anything we're talking about, it needs to be this. Yeah, it's pretty intense in a good way. Yeah, it's, just, it's really good. Also, another cheesecake slash pie. We had a peppermint chocolate cheesecake. I really like that one. You don't like peppermint and chocolate, but I thought it tasted fantastic. It was definitely very pepperminty. I can appreciate the mintiness. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that one is 36% protein. Yeah. Next, we had some gingerbread cookies, 29% protein cookies. Hard to go wrong there. Yeah. We used TVP again because it's magic. Works great. And these were really chewy. Yeah, they were. Which I know you like that. They were soft. We also had some stuffed mushrooms. Those, these were super good. It's been a long time since I've had any stuffed mushrooms. I kind of forgot what they were like. But I'm still pretty sure this is the best version of it that I've ever had. Yeah, they're really easy to make, too. You just, like, basically you just put TVP and a little bit of, like, super finely chopped mushrooms and some, well, like, a flax egg and some spices. And then you shove them in the mushroom. And then you cook them for, like, 20 minutes and they're perfect. Yeah. Oh, and like a little bit of vegan parm. Yeah. And they're they're bite-sized. They're just awesome. Oh, they're so good. Yeah. I didn't know there was a like cut mushroom in the mushroom. 
Yeah, that's it has the moisture. That's how it gets moisture. <clears throat> oh, speaking of moisture with TVP, just so everyone knows, when we're baking with TVP, we are not rehydrating the TVP. Like, oh, yeah. these are super easy recipes. You just mix in dry TVP. Yeah, we've gotten that question a few times. Yeah. Yeah. Which makes sense, because I think people just aren't used to baking with TVP in general. So this is a yeah. lot of new territory. <laughs> Everyone's used to adding the water. We do not add the water to the TVP on the baked goods. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Next, we had some fake bacon bit scallop potatoes. Dude, those were fucking good. Yeah. These were the fancy ones, right? Where you stand them up. Yeah. That, so that didn't really go super well. Standing up potatoes on their their edge that's not super fun so probably won't do that again <laughs> they tasted great though yeah they were great 30 percent protein also garlic mushroom alfredo 35 percent protein that was good if you like pasta this one is definitely a good way to go really high protein pasta super easy to make yeah we've also got three other recipes that aren't quite posted yet they're still a work in progress but they will be up the way before the next podcast so we're just going to talk about them here we got a bacon mac and cheese. Yes, that was so good. I took it for lunch a couple days. What do we use for the bacon on that? It was TVP. And actually, I was eating it at work, and this one guy was like, wow, bacon mac and cheese? That's awesome. And I was like, it's vegan. And he was like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's still awesome, right? Yeah. Got him. <laughs> yeah, it's always weird in those situations because you want to be like, try it. But also, you don't want to give them part of your lunch or anything weird. No, so. I can't give up my lunch. Yeah, so I don't know. Just give them the recipe. Right? <laughs> I need that food. They don't bring any vegan food to training. Also, another one coming up is a really awesome crab rangoon. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't I, understand it. I was really surprised at how much this actually tasted like crab rangoon. I wasn't expecting that, and it was really, really awesome. Yeah, so it's a cold dip, but it's mostly made out of tofu, and I think it came out to like 50% protein. Yeah, it's a lot of protein. It's, But it's really good. It's like the perfect balance of a bunch of flavors. It's, I think it tastes like crab rangoon, but obviously I haven't had crab rangoon since I was 12, so this is a faint memory. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely got that like signature flavor. I'm not exactly sure how you did that. But. Worcestershire sauce or wish, wish, Worcestershire? Worcestershire? I think it depends on where you are. Let's Worcester? call it wushy. Wushy? Wushy yeah, sauce? Yeah, it's got wushy sauce, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and green onions. <laughs> All right, and the last one we got calling up, uh, coming up is a holiday cheese dip. That one's really good, too. Yeah. That one was, so it's a tofu cream cheese with craisins, sunflower seeds, and green onions. And yeah. it mixes together and is kind of perfect. You just eat it on crackers. Yeah, it's really good. The green onion really gives it a really nice flavor. Yeah, yeah. and it gets even better just sitting in the fridge. Yeah. I feel like it was even better on day two, Yeah. three. Yep. Yeah, if it lasts that long. Because <laughs> you'll eat it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I think that's it for this week. Next week, like I said, we'll be coming back with some more of the fundamental series, talking about macronutrients, probably some micronutrients, talk a little bit about fiber, and probably some other nutrition things just to get you started out. So good luck with the TDEE calculations and trying to figure out what you want to do with your calories. Let as us know if you have questions. Yeah, as always, hit us up if you have any questions. You can email podcast at vgainsfitness.com or go to the website and leave a comment. Or go to our social media and leave a comment or even send a direct message. Um, all that stuff works. And you can see links for all of the places you can find us in the show notes. So I think that's it. You want to say bye? Bye. Bye, everybody.